It's getting close to Christmas time, and if you've got a turkey hunter in your family, make it easy on yourself and go check out Bloodline Custom Calls. Made right here in Louisiana, the Bloodline gang are some of the most hardcore turkey hunters you'll ever meet, which means these people know what a turkey call is supposed to sound like. And if you're looking for something like a cool hat, an extra comfy hoodie, they've got the best merchandise you'll find. BloodlineCustomCalls.com, Facebook and Instagram, Bloodline Custom Calls. I promise you're going to find something there that you like. This week with the Wise Eye has been a little slow. I'm not seeing a lot of rut activity, but what the Wise Eye helps me with is probably its strongest point. The graphs that break down the movement for me. That's right, this camera has an activity chart that shows the best day, the best wind direction and wind speed, if it was raining or if it were sunny when the most pictures were taken, the best lunar phase and even the barometric pressure. This camera takes all the guesswork out of trying to decide when the best time to hunt is. The information is just right there in front of you. You can find them at the Digital Outdoor Store on Facebook. You can find them on Amazon or in person at K&M Coffee, Corks, and Camo in Farmerville. Trust me, these cameras are the next generation of cell camera. Get in on the new technology now. So we got a fun one for you tonight. Will Deer from Archibald, Louisiana. Now, Will's story is a little different from most of them. Because when I called him, he said, hey, man, it's not much of a story. It just kind of happened. Well, once he goes to telling you, and it does, it just kind of happens, you know. And, and, and be honest with you, you know, there's a lot of big deer killed every year. Same story. It just happened. So, without further ado, Will Deer from Archibald, Louisiana, and the deer that just happened. Hope you enjoy. Well, Area 2's pretty well done with the hottest hunting right now we're kind of easing into the lull time but area one and area six are starting to really kick it off and the deer we got today came from over there in the mississippi delta wheel deer how you doing will yeah man how are you doing good now this deer it was uh you're hunting an area which one area one area one yeah richland in richland parish and you know, for those of you who may be hearing this and not familiar with the Louisiana rut, there's really about three ruts in Louisiana. You got one on the southwest side that comes in around Halloween. North Louisiana is going to come in around Thanksgiving. And then going on around the Mississippi Delta from Richland Parish and on down, Area 1 and Area 6 comes in around this time of the year all the way through the first part of next year. So, you know, if, you, if a man tries, he can stay in the rut all year long. So, Will... This deer, you and I were kind of halfway discussing the story on this deer before we started recording. Man, this is uh, it's going to be a good story, isn't it? It's a once-in-a-lifetime deer. Yeah, no doubt about it. I saw this deer on the Delhide Feed and Seed uh, Facebook page. They have a, a buck contest going on over there, and it's a great – man, I love looking at those deer come out from over there. And I believe yours is the is the biggest one right now, isn't it? Right now, I am leading. I'm leading the contest over there. Yeah, 178 and something, I believe. Yes, sir. 178 and 18. Hmm. I guess you call it a green score. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That. It's a 
you know, before you do the 60 days, anytime, and people ask me all the time, man, what's, what, what scoring system are these book contests using? Man, they're just using a score. It doesn't, it's not an official score. It's a green gross score. It means deer have not been dried for 60 days. They're getting every yeah, inch of antler and then the end tide spread. So it's, it's everything that deer can get. And, and they all have different ways of scoring stuff too. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The girl uh, Connor over there, she's she's scoring it the way she knows how to do, and she's scoring every deer that way. So, I mean, I think she's done an amazing job. Yeah, yeah, she got pretty close to Cecil. You know, it wasn't too far off yeah. Cecil. And that's the thing about you know what I really like about that contest, and then the contest we do over here in Union Parish is you got the same person measuring every deer, and I like it. Didn't you say she measures all the deer come over there? Yes, every deer. I think I don't know if this is her first year doing it or not. It's the first year I've heard about it. And what and you, she's measuring every year or so. And that's like the same person cooking the same meal. I mean, somebody can cook the same recipe the same exact way as somebody else is gonna taste different. But if you got that same person cooking, it's always gonna taste the same. And that's why I like for one person to score for the contest, is because you've always got that same the same person doing the same measurement, making the same marks, everything, every time. Then you're comparing apples to apples. Tell me about you, Will. Where are you from, brother? Man, I'm from a little town called Archville, Louisiana. Okay. My, my mom's maiden name is Archville. It's, it's everybody in my whole family lives here. Okay. Both my sisters. Well, my, one of my sisters just moved to Baskin, but both my sisters and my grandmother lived across the road from me. My grandpa owned a store. The only store in Archville was a postmaster. Stored up for a hundred I think 103 years when our family closes down. Really? Uh, we're all real close-knit family. So You can walk out of my parents' back door and you can see all of our houses. I got you. So you guys, y'all have a lot of property around there? Uh, we, all together, I think we got 80 acres, okay. 40 behind my parents. And some of them are out, like on the outside of the land where I live, and we got another 40 down the road. Nothing, No hunting land. I got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. It's just all pasture land, and we just cut hay off of it. That's all they do. So growing up there, where'd you go to? Where'd you go to school and and all that? Uh, I went. I went to school at Mangum. Okay. Graduated in 2014. Mangum Dragons. Hey, they had a pretty good year this year in football. Got a running back. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty solid, man. Yeah, he was. So. Absolutely. Would you play ball or anything like that over at Mangum? No, I, I I played baseball for two years, but I mostly just grew up working with my dad, working, doing whatever. I got you. Staying in the yard. Did you do much? Honestly. Did you do much hunting and fishing coming up? And when you were a younger man, we um we hunted a little bit. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, we're very, I'm very well off. I can't say that, and I'm very thankful for my parents and everything but we just you know we didn't have a lot of money to get in a club or a lease or stuff like that so we, we we were in a club for i don't know like a lease it was probably 200 acres and it was like seven people in it for about four years but my dad he's a warden after the prison in richland now but used to back in the day they used to get some property behind the jail when i was really young and we used to hunt back there that was probably 15 years ago. But after that, I mean, after we got out of the lease, I just kind of started hunting public land a little bit. And 
once I got grown and started meeting people, I own a shop in Ravel, mechanic shop. So I see a lot of faces every day and I talk to a lot of people and that's how I kind of got the property I'm hunting now. Just, you know, trading out favors. Yeah. So, and now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What was it like hunting behind the, the jail? What was that like? It was, it was, man, I was probably 20 acres back there. And like it was right beside the shooting range. And it, I was so young, it was kind of a blur. I got you. To be honest with you. I mean, I probably killed four or five deer, but I shot my first deer back there. Okay. Uh, it was, you know, it was, it was different. Because them deer are used to shooting deer shots all the time, nonstop. First year I shot, I shot them four times. Hmm. Yeah. I was shooting a break over 20 gauge. There was a 22 on top, 20 gauge on bottom. And, uh, yeah, I finally got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> Four times, and it wasn't like it was an automatic. I mean, it's four times. Bam, break it no, over. We were, we were breaking that bad boy over and, and trying to dig the hole out. Golly, that's crazy, man. Um, darn, what was I? I was going to ask you something. Oh, the w- one deer I wrote about went back years ago. Came from behind or around Angola, and that's why I asked you that. It was because there was a guy. And I think he just passed away this past year. And he killed like 180-something-inch deer hunting on property on Angola. They only allowed like a few people to go hunting, and Ray was one of them. He was a guard there, and they let him go That's how it there. was with Dad. Yeah. And it was just very few, and you got to have kids. And the adults couldn't shoot. Yeah. Only the kids could shoot. Yeah. All right, so when you got done hunting behind, when you got done with the – with the uh, weren't hunting behind the jail anymore. Now, what you said you started hunting public land, or no, you had you had some some you made some connections. Well, I, I started hunting at that little lease, and I say it was just like a bunch of people dad worked with, and like all the kids I grew up with. You know, we just went out there, we just slaughtered them. And it was no rules. It was just free game. You know, you remember what and kind of what that, you remember what year that would have been. And I was probably like nine. Okay. Okay. So were y'all, yeah, did you, like were y'all even thinking about big deer or were y'all just out there just shooting? We were, man, I was so young. I, I just, I was just having a good time hunting with my dad. I got you. You know what I mean? It was just, but back then nobody killed big deer around here that we've ever heard of. And, and we'd hunt, we'd hunt for a week straight and not see nothing. Really? We got a little piece of property on, um, right after we left the jail, I forgot a guy come up to my dad and asked him, he's like, hey, I know you're law enforcement. I've got this piece of property on Tarver Road and CRP, and a bunch of guys are running through it with trucks running the deer out. I'd like somebody with law enforcement to go over there and, you know, just kind of have, they just want, hey, they want to see somebody on it. Just so that nobody bothers you. We hunted there for literally three years and never fired a shot. Golly. Yeah. I mean, it was, I don't know if I saw deer tracks. 
You think it was because of all the the activity that they you know that, that they had on going on, or what do you think that was caused from? Dude, it was it was down a dirt road. Like I have no idea. And now, like after that, after the CRP, now they did it was fresh CRP within probably three years old. You know, it, it could have been. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I like I said, I was still young. I, I didn't elementary school maybe early junior high i got you okay 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 but i started uh and then after that i started hunting my uncle he he works for a uh, wildlife and fishery he's a biologist and uh he started he take me over there to walk lower the washtall and now rough stage mm-hmm. and uh he take me on the youth hunts and everything because that's the only thing he does hunt public land and I'll tell you a funny story. One time I went over there and a buddy of mine knew I was hunting with Walt and he knew Walt knew where to go over there. He's like, Will, let's go bow hunting over there. I said, all right. I said, let me call Walt and I'll find out where to go. So Walt said, he told me, go down so-and-so, take a left. There's going to be a ditch. You walk down a ditch, first opening, sit down. It's okay. I said, I ain't got no bow. But I said, now what's your body mind? So he gave me this bow, and we went to Walmart, we bought some arrows. Never shot this thing in my life. I'm sitting out there in a red fold-out chair, just hanging out. I had a spike come out 20 yards, shot him. Perfect. But it just stuck in, no passer. And I'm looking, I'm looking, looking. I finally, I just walk up on the deer. I send my uncle a picture, you know, I'm stoked. First buck I ever killed. First bow killer I ever killed. And I walk out to the road to get my four. When I come back, I can't find him. And I looked for probably an hour and a half. I thought I knew where he was. I just I didn't walk spot. Well, I called him, and he just thought it was the funniest thing he's ever heard in his life. And that night, he was sitting there, and I guess he got a wild hair. hair and he had two blackmouth curves and went out there and found that deer. Didn't tell me, but he cut his nuts off and stuck them on a limb and put toilet paper around them. So I went out there the next day. I'm looking for my deer. I find it and I call him and say, Walt, somebody stole my deer. <laughs> I said, Dude, what? I said, somebody stole my deer. He said, you're lying. I said, I'm not lying to you. I sent him pictures. And I had to go to school. He didn't tell me about it for two weeks. <laughs> he didn't tell you for two weeks? No. No. And he finally called me and said, hey, man, I'm going to process your deer, and I got that pay at school. I, was, I said, man, I don't know how you can do that. He said, it's the best thing I've done in my life. Hey, I like your he uncle. Said, he sounds like a good time, man. <laughs> he is. He, uh, we, yeah, we've had some real good times. He's done a lot of trapping. He's over the northeast Louisiana, all the bear population. I got you. Okay. He, he was a big part of that, and we've done a lot of like trapping when we were growing up. I just always went with him, and it was always a good time. Yeah, if he's if he's done some trapping, he's a pretty good he's a pretty good woodsman then, because I'm telling you, man, trapping that's on a whole different level than what I'm used to with deer hunting. I got some friends that trap, and shoot, man, hey, you talking about woodsmanship skills? Those guys. They're so crazy about their scent. They're crazy about all kind of stuff. They're 
they're, they're good. They're real good. Is he about like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it yeah. He's good. He's crazy as hell, too. <laughs> he texted me the other day. He said, I've just knocked off my bucket list, tagged out in Louisiana, public land only. And you never use a lock on, never use a lean to. You just walk and sit beside trees the whole time. Wow. That's impressive. That's pretty cool. He went on six hunts, tagged 60. Wow. Yeah. And now, they're no monsters. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, still, but to do that on public land right. spot and stalk on public land like that, that's, uh, that's pretty solid. He's a meat hunter. Yeah. He is definition of I'm got to kill meat to provide for the family. Period. You know, my uncle, and I say my uncle, he used, he's my, he's, his brother married into my family. And, you know, when your cousins call somebody uncle, that's just what you automatically refer to them as. But he was a biologist for the state, Larry Savage. And, uh, Larry's the same way. I mean, he's not one of those that's going... Now, don't get me wrong. If there's a good deer to be taken, he's going to try to take him. But, you know, when it comes down, hey, he's a, he's a killer, man. He's uh, he's all about some, some doe killing, for sure. Yeah. Walt does not call anything. Nothing. <laughs> at all. It's good. I'll tell you what, man. I, I like guys like that because it's, you know, it kind of takes all kinds. You know, you got guys that are managing deer and want to kill big deer, and then you've got guys that want to just go home, just like you said, you know, provide meat for their family. And, and I think that's where the state really does a good job is, of course, you know, there's some people want to see a little bit stri- stricter management, but uh, for the overall, I think it benefits everybody right now. Well, um, I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of potential. We got a lot. He's been in that all his life. Yeah. So um, now you said you you've hunted public land before. What do you you know? What do you really like? What public lands do you like to hunt on? The only thing I've ever hunted really was washed all or washed all. Okay. I'm never. And it's funny you I'm call not. it lower washed all. I'm up here right on the cusp, right on the right beside upper washed all. So I know exactly where you're talking about when you say lower washed all. Yeah. Uh, I just I was never really just like a, I can't tell you like I'm a I, yeah I hunt I hunt a lot but I'm not just I'm still learning a lot like every day. Well, brother, I'm starting to surround myself around people that's a lot better hunters than I am. Yeah, and it you learn a lot just sitting there with your mouth shut. Absolutely. You know, I got a good buddy of mine who's just like, that deer's too young. That's a good deer. Well, that deer's too young. All right. You know, what if somebody else is? It don't matter. That deer's too young. Let them all. You know, just, it, 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 it means a lot than just shooting everything. And it does. You know, I, I'll agree with that. I'm at the point, and you know, it's almost like, have you have you ever heard of the, fa- the the stages that a hunter will go through throughout their their lifetime? You know, I so, have You know, they say that everybody when they first start off, they they want to shoot everything. You know, you you just want to get one, and then after that, you want to fill your tags, and then after that, you start being a little bit more selective, and then towards the end of your your hunting life, and I guess it's when you're you know you're in twilight of your years, you're looking more at recruitment. 
getting, you know, the younger generation into hunting, getting somebody out there to get their first kill. And, you know, it kind of goes in those ebbs and flows. And I found myself through the years, at times I would revert back to wanting to, to, you know, man, I get bloodthirsty. I ain't gonna lie to you, brother. I get bloodthirsty at times and I want to shoot something. But now I'm to the point to where when I see a deer, when I see a buck, the first thing that goes through my mind is, you know, how old is it? And then the next thing is, would you mount it? Would you be happy enough to mount it? You know, and, and I'm to the point to where if that deer's not going to give me that kind of satisfaction to put it on my wall, I'm going to let it walk so maybe it'll go by somebody that it will give that satisfaction to, you know? Um, and yeah, I think I, I that... Know exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I know where it comes from. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's different. You know, everybody's different. Um some people, again, you know, they, they just want to go out there. And, and some of those guys have a small window of opportunity to go out there and shoot and hunt and get some meat and bring it home. And then some guys like me, I'm fortunate enough, I can hunt, you know, all year long um, if I wanted to. So, and of course, I'm going to be a little bit more choosy. But, yeah, I can, I'm, I can understand when you said be around guys who, uh, who, are a little, who have a little bit more experience and then you, and then you said the key word there be quiet and just listen and that'll, that'll get you a long way yeah i'll be honest man. i'm more i mean i'm excited i was very excited about this year but i got a cousin of mine he's in the military and he comes home and he like when he's he just got to where he, he settled down he's in north carolina he's in a marine special ops in morsock and he started hunting and like he'd come home and say, like, man, let's do this. Like, no, Chris, we're not doing that. We're like, this is how we're going to do it. Like, well, you know, like, Chris, we're not, we're not hunting people. We're hunting deer. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you got to sit down. You got to wait. And, uh, he, uh, he's coming home this week. And like, he text, he called me before I killed the deer. He called me Monday, I guess. He said, Will. He said, um, what are the chances you're going to put me on a boat? I said, Chris, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to do all everything I can to put you on a deer because that make me just as happy as me killing one. But and then I sit in that. He's like, holy crap, dude. Like, I had no idea it was on camera. Like, I mean, it just happens like that. He's just like, all right, I'm ready to be home. Yeah. So we'll see what this week has to come forward i know we got some good weather coming in so Ooh, man what are you talking about it's and then my wife on one it's supposed to get bad cold next week i know i'm excited yeah i'm all I fed up guys at the shop we're gonna we're gonna take off a couple of days and we're gonna, we're gonna try to go on yeah i took off next week you know the kids are gonna be out of school so maybe maybe we can get those kids of mine i got one that likes to hunt and i got the other and she she used to. She doesn't care about it anymore, but maybe we can get them on. I got, I got one not old enough yet. I don't know if y'all can probably hear in the background. She's I heard months old. Yeah, I heard it. Congratulations. Hey, I'm telling you, man, it's a girl. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, cuz. Them girls change life. I've got two. No. And, man, I tell I tell people all the time, they change me. And they probably saved my life, to be quite honest with you, because... You know, you get out there, you're doing, you're doing things you probably ain't supposed to be doing. And then, you know, they come along and you kind of straighten up. And, uh, 
They're my little partners, brother. I'm telling you, they're getting teenagers now. They're 13 and 14, almost 15. So, you know, dad, he's kind of having to be a little protective and walk around and look at these little boys like, hey, don't mm, don't come over here trying that stuff. <laughs> Mine is wide open. She, she's awesome, man. I, that's what I look forward to coming home to. That's good, man. That's good. So let's get to this story. Now, you told me a little bit about it earlier. And I'm interested to hear it from stem to stern. So tell me the story on this deer right here. Well, it's, I mean, I, I, I love to tell you I've had a, a long history with it and been hunting for years, but it didn't really work like that. I'm a, a buddy of mine texts me first of the week. He's like, hey, man, you need to get out and start. The bucks are moving. I was like, all right, whatever. And I got a camera out there, but it went dead about two weeks ago and um whatever so i went out there and i just remind y'all i'm I'm hunting my aunt's backyard literally 150 200 yards from her back door 100 yards from her shop and we had our family christmas over there last weekend and we, we burned a big old brush pile in the backyard like no shit 40 yards from the box stand people are in the yard you know hanging out or whatever but i can go i can jump i get out of work i can jump over there and i can see a couple of those and it, you know it's just relaxing it's the only thing i was doing i got out of work at 4 30 got in the stand about 4 45. i'm just sitting there not seeing nothing playing on my phone and he comes out look down there I said, damn because the sun's setting right in front of my face I just seen the silhouette. I said, damn, that's a big doe. Then I kept looking, and this deer, and I grabbed my binoculars, and I said it was a buck, but I'm still shuffling around. I grabbed my gun, and this deer's making a pawing. I mean, you couldn't fit a 55 gallon drum in it. It looked like a dog down there digging a hole. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, I've never seen anything like it. Standing on his hind legs, hooking a tree above him. I was like, holy crap. So I get down, and I just seen those out past his ears. I'm like, that's a big body deer. He's out past his ears. And I saw what he's doing. My first mind, like, that's a good book. That's a mature book. I just shot. You know, called my wife. He's like, well, that was my deer. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Just. Said, she said, you, you kill him? I was like, I don't know. Let me go down here and look. So I go down there. I got good blood. So I back out and I call my buddy. He lived across the road. And he said, man, I got both my boys with me. I said, I don't care, dude. That's a good deer. Like, I need your help. Pull him out of leaves at least. He pulls up on this little gator. He's got his eight-month-old kid strapped to his chest, dressed up in a bear costume. <laughs> His little eight-year-old boy decked out in camo. And I just looked at him. I shook my head. I said, man, you want to go give the kid my aunt? He said, no, he's coming with us. I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> and, uh, Jet was in front of us. And Jet said, Mr. Will, can I track him? I said, go for it, man. And I, I was shooting a 300, and it looked like a bloodbath. I mean, we had blood everywhere. 
it, it was I mean, Ray Charles took Brown this year. I've never seen blood like this. It was about six foot high on both sides of the deer. Really? All the way down. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I borrowed my buddy's gun. I was shooting it this year and see if I liked it. And yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and buy me one. It's 300 win. But we walked up on it and the jet was in front and then it was Mason and I was kind of like tagging along in the back. Jet said, Mr. Will, that's a big deer. I walk up and said, holy crap. Yeah, I was, I'm still in shock, to be honest with you. So you had no idea this deer was out there? No. No, zero. I just put the stand out a week and a half ago. Me and the guys built it in my shop. I went out there my tractor and just put it in the field. Golly. That is crazy. I mean, I hunted out there some when I was a kid. And they've worked, there's always been several good deer pit off that property in that little bitty stretch. I mean, it ain't nothing. It's probably 15 acres of woods. Sputtered up to some big timber there. But, you know, I just, I, I never thought it. Mm. I mean, I never would have ever thought that. So, like, what did your aunt say when you come dragging this thing out with a kid and a bear no, costume? They were as excited as I was. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were stoked. Please tell me somebody got a picture of y- y'all with this little kid in this bear costume strapped to your buddy's yes, chest. Yeah, Thank you. Please. I, I need it. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I like that's like dad of the year. I mean, I'm sitting over here and I'm like, you know, I don't think I've ever taken my kid to, you know, like when they were little, little. I like that. I like your buddy. He's a good guy. He said, Man, I ain't have no choice and I wouldn't I wouldn't sit out the house for this. I said, Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. oh. it, was, it was awesome. Man. That is so cool. Now tell us, uh, how much did the you said it looked like a big doe? How much did the deer? Did you weigh the deer? Yeah, it, well, field dress. It was a hunt of two ten. So on the hoof, man, I don't know. I'm thinking one fifty. I mean, two fifty, two sixty. Yeah, I, I don't. That was, was heavy. I was it thinking was, about two forty, two fifty myself. Uh, yeah, I've never. It was heavy. It was hell dragging that bastard out. <laughs> I, I bet it was. I yeah. bet it was. We took the kid out back out to the food plot, and Mason brought a little bouncer with us in the buggy. So the eight-month-old is in a bouncer in the food plot with his older brother with a flashlight on his head while me and his dad are dragging this deer out of the woods. <laughs> hey, you I do what you got to do. You know, I, and the reason I like this, I like this because, you know, so many, you know, we hear so many bad guys, you know, so many bad stories about men that don't want to have anything to do with their kids. And then you got this right here with the man that took his kids out, brought the, hey, thought enough to bring a bouncer to keep the kid yeah. occupied. <laughs> That's planning right there. That's planning. I yeah, like he, it. He had it. He had it figured out. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my stars! This is awesome. That is good stuff, brother. That is good stuff. So, do you remember any of the measurements uh, that was taken on your deer? Uh I'm not, that was twenty and a half inches wide, twenty six inch main beams, and like 
five and a half, six and a half inch bases. Five, yeah, five and a half to six inch bases. Yeah, I knew the deer had a big spread. I didn't know how big it was. I remember, that's one thing I could tell right off the jump from the pictures and how heavy it was. So you say yeah. five inch bases doesn't surprise me a bit. And then the, you know, the longer main beams, I tell people all the time, people ask me, say, what's the deer got to have really to score? And you got to have main beam length. You know, if you don't have main beam length, it's not going to give opportunity for multiple points. So how many scoreable points? Do you remember how many scoreable points it had? I think it was 13. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I said 14, but I'm nowhere close to being scored. Right. So right at 13. Hey, I tell people all the time, if it's it's got to be an inch, the point has to be an inch to be called scorable. But you can call it a 14 point. I don't you know. It's a 13 scorable points, but you can say, I call it a 14. That's fine. It's your deer. You can call it what you want to. Um. But this is a, it's a good, man, I love this. I love this story. I guess it's a good story for me because, you know, I've, I've always tried to incorporate my children in the woods and hunting and stuff like that. And I'm always trying to, you know, I tell my buddies when, when they say, you know, oh, I got my kids or whatever. Hey, man, take them, get them out there, get them exposed to it. And I'm so glad. I bet that was a sight with that dead young bouncer out there with that kid bouncing around in that bouncer. Yeah, room. he was out there just. Having, having a good time. Oh, heck it's nice yeah. and wear the kids. He said, I don't care how to bug you, dude. We're good. <laughs> said, grab that sign. Let's roll. Mason, said, you're right. a good dude, Mason. You're a good dad, dude. Let me tell you. I, I appreciate this. This is good to me. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I'll tell you, when I was growing up, my dad, he drove me everywhere. Yeah. It didn't matter what we were doing. And see, I was. And that goes back to that recruitment, man. You know, I, I've heard, you know, a lot of of, of uh, people who in the know that keep saying our hunter recruitment every year goes gets lower and lower and lower in the state. And we really need to focus on the young people. And it uh, sounds like you and Mason, y'all kind of haven't figured out. Get those young people involved on dragging some of those deer out, and it'll, it'll light a fire inside of them for sure. Yeah, that was that was Jet's first track. Track, he said. This is where I've been wanting to track a deer. I said, "Go for it, buddy." Hey, good for you yeah. letting that young man do that. And he and he yeah. did. Now let me get this straight. He walked up on the deer before you did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was first. I liked it, man. Mr. Will, that's a big deer. Mr. Will, that's a big deer. <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, Will, thank you for coming on and, and telling your story, man. Um, you know, it's uh, people, you know, it, it's what people, I tell people all the time, the number one thing you got to do to kill big deer is just go hunting. You know, that's the first thing you got to do. It. I tell, I have people every year, man, when I'm scoring deer, they'll tell me the ex- almost the same style story you just told. I, I just went out there just to hunt. Never had any idea this deer was here, and I killed him. And when it's your time to kill a big one, man, it's just your time. Yeah, man. Good Lord bless you for that one. I can't. That was all him. Yeah. Uh, can't take that away from him. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, look, man, I appreciate yeah. you coming on and taking time to talk to us. Uh, congratulations. 
And uh, tell Mason, tell Mason and and the boys, hey, good job on helping you with this, man. That's I love the fact that y'all had every, you had everybody involved with it, and I really like how you let that young man do the blood trail. That's good stuff. Good stuff. It was awesome. I appreciate you letting me come on. Yes, sir. You have a good evening now, okay? Yes, sir. Y'all too. All right. There it is, folks. I hope you liked it. Real quick story. You know, I like talking with Will, learning about people. Uh, and this this story, you know, it's kind of quick, but it's fun. And it's lighthearted. And that's something that I really like with this podcast that we got on tonight. So, I hope you enjoyed it. Go to the Antlers and Hicks Facebook page. It's going to be Antlers with the and symbol. Hicks, Antlers and Hicks. I got some sweatshirts. got some t-shirts. You guys need some stocking stuffers for the upcoming Christmas holiday. I'll do everything I can to get it there before Christmas Day. My name is Greg Hicks. This is the Antlers and Hicks podcast. And I want to always encourage you guys to live your life past 20 yards. We'll see you next time. <laughs>